Hello, I'm your host, Leonard Duncan. Welcome to a new episode of ATV Talk and Motorsports Podcast. Please join us every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We bring you interviews with industry professionals, live events, live news about the motorsports industry in every episode. Enjoy the show. Whether we are out riding with our friends and family or racing in extreme environments, we all need good tires. That's why I recommend GBC Power Sports Tires, a division of Greenball Corp. Their products, which include XC Master, Mini Master, and Groundbuster 3, are what leading professionals in the ATV UTV industry are using. You can get your tires at greenballtires.com or find them on Instagram as GBC Tires for further inquiries. Welcome to DBR Racing Products, the leader in 3D modeling and innovations. Since 2015, they have been revolutionizing the industry, starting with their groundbreaking YFZ450R battery boxes. But they didn't stop there. They have continued to push the boundaries, constantly improving their design with each new version. In 2018, they introduced the game-changing Vortex EXO cage, specifically designed to securely hold the Vortex ECU in a safe and sturdy location. This breakthrough innovation ensures your ECU stays protected even in the toughest racing conditions. At DBR, they understand that every detail matters. That's why they also offer an array of essential products to enhance your racing experience. Their spark plug hold downs keep your engine firing at peak performance while their LTR breather boxes ensure optimal ventilation for your machine. Their LT250 engine skid plates are a must have for those seeking unmatched protection. Engineered to shield your engine from impacts and rough terrain, they provide the ultimate defense for your ATV. But that's not all. They've developed ProPeg mounts that allow you to use TRX450R Nerf bars, giving you greater control and maneuverability on the track. To explore their full range of innovative products and learn more about DBR Racing, visit their website at www.dbratv.com. You can also reach them directly at 507-828-1233. Their knowledgeable team is ready to assist you with any questions or inquiries. DBR Racing Products, where innovation meets performance, unleash the power within you. Are you looking for the best suspension technology for your sport ATV? Look no further than Elka Suspension, the industry leader in sport ATV suspension technology. With championship wins in prestigious events such as the Dakar Rally, SCORE, Best in the Desert, ATV MX, Cross Country, and Works, Elka Suspension has established itself as the go-to choice for athletes and enthusiasts alike. But they don't just stop at ATVs. They're constantly expanding into new markets, including UTVs, trucks, SUVs, pit bikes, snowmobiles, and more. Their commitment to innovation 
and quality means they're always looking to improve and adapt so you can enjoy a smooth ride wherever you go. Want to learn more about what Elka Suspension can do for you? Visit their website at elkasuspension.com or give them a call at 450-655-4855. They will always be happy to answer your questions and help you find the perfect suspension solution for your needs. Rangel, welcome back to ATV Talk. Yeah, good, good shot of your face right there. I mean, all right. Let me, as soon as we start recording, it. jump in there. Yep. There we go. Oh, okay. Hey, Alex, good. All right. <laughs> Rangel, welcome back to ATV Talk, sir. How are you? Thank you for having me. We're I'm doing good here. So you've had quite the eventful year. Um, you know, before we get rolling, I'm just going to let everybody know I got to ride this machine uh, in the desert. Uh, a few weeks ago and um, it, it's a nice ride it really is um you know everybody boasts on their stuff and you know D david ham boasts on his which is, is a nice ride as well Absolutely. Um, out of the tests that that i that i did with you guys obviously yours machine and his machine were the the cream of the crop nothing to say anything bad about the other machines that were there well we could talk about one that was bad, but we won't. Um, <laughs> yeah. was a great time. We, we really did. And um, I'm going to turn this volume down just a touch so it doesn't squawk so much. There we go. Um, but, yeah, we had a great time out in the desert. You know, in, in Arizona, you were fortunate enough to be out there with us. Um, but you've had a very, very busy year. Why don't you get a little bit into uh, what you've been doing this year? Well, it uh, it kind of started off interesting because um, twenty the end of twenty twenty one I built a Yamaha conversion um, similar to this one but quite a bit different, and uh, uh, I immediately saw quite a few flaws that I wanted to fix, and so. Um, and I knew what I wanted to do. And so I acquired this machine. Um, this is a whole different platform. Um, and I started to build it. And I, you know, built the swing arm, the subframe, you know, a lot of little pieces here and there. Uh, you know, full exhaust. I do all that. I build the seat. Um, and uh, of course, I use uh, high flight seat foam. Uh, they're a good sponsor of mine. Um, but uh uh, I didn't, I wanted to get it done for Vegas to Rio, um, uh, this year and I didn't make it. Unfortunately, I was just too busy with my new business and, uh, you know, in life and everything. And I just didn't quite get it done. And so I set out to do Vegas to Reno. It's all I wanted. Um, you know, I've got something that, uh, something to prove there, I guess. And, and, uh, everybody's head hunting for me on that race. So, uh, you know, and, and I didn't quite get it done and we were about, we're about three weeks out on Vegas Reno, and, and uh, uh, I just called it. I just called everybody and said, hey, I'm, I can't do it, you know, and, and uh, just too busy. And the bike was, unfortunately, the engine was uh, all sitting there on the shelf, all new uh, cryo heat, uh, cryo process, the engine and everything, and, and uh, all new parts and everything was sitting there. And uh, the bike just needed full assembly. And uh, it takes me, I'm kind of slow, so... But uh, it takes me 
um, to, to fully assemble this machine and build it the way I did. It took me about two and a half weeks. Um, and because uh, I'm really picky and really methodical of everything. And, you know, and I measure everything, all my cylinder clearances, my ring gaps, my, you know, everything, all my bearing clearances, my end tolerances. And uh, anyways, so I got a call from Best in the Desert and they said, hey, um, we're going to do a throwaway race. So that means you could still go out for a championship. And, uh, and I thought about it for a minute and I hadn't even thought about a championship. I won't, I mean, who doesn't want a championship, right? Um, so I, th I thought about it for a minute. I thought, you know what? I think I can make this happen. Um, but I'm going to have to race the Honda, uh, for the first race, which was the silver state 300. And, uh, because this wasn't quite done. So I prepped the Honda, got it ready. And, um, and uh, went out and raced the Silver State 300 on the Honda, and that was its final race. Uh, unfortunately, I did, uh, did some pretty good damage to it, and uh, it was a great race, super smooth. Never even knew I hurt it until after the race. Uh, but anyways, uh, it's hurt, and so um, it was good timing because I got this wrapped up. And uh, yeah, and at the same time, uh, and I didn't plan this, but at the same time, I said, uh, I was talking to BJ and Laura, uh, the owners of Laura. And I, I thought about it, thought about it, and I thought, and then we're going to do the Gold Rush race this year, which is a brand new race. Uh, it's it's a little more than half of Vegas to Reno backwards. Um, so it starts close to Reno, and then it uh, basically pit 13 on Vegas to Reno course, uh, and then it goes backwards to Tonopah, 346 miles or something. Uh, and so anyway, so that race came up, and I wanted to do that, and I thought about it, but what the heck, man, we're going to go out for two championships this year. And, uh, man, what a thrash fest. So it, but, uh, we got it done. So, and, and you also rode Nora, right? Yeah, we actually, uh, we actually raced, uh, Nora. Thanks to, uh, my good friend, Lyle Tonelli, uh, Nick Tonelli, his son contacted me in 21 and they asked me to race in 22. Uh, but then I, I wasn't able to do that. And so, uh, we raced it this spring with uh, Chris Kiefner and Julian Hofert, uh, Lyle Tonelli, and then myself. And uh, yeah, we won that. Um, that was the first race of the year. So that was that was an unbelievable experience. I, I'm i in love with Baja after that, for sure. Have you had any more dealings with SCORE at all, trying to get them to, uh, to uh, allow three-wheelers again? So it's funny because everybody everybody keeps asking me about this, and I'll be totally honest with you, uh, you know, and everybody else. Uh, when I talked to them, they were they were getting ready to do the the uh, Baja four hundred. I believe they were super busy, and I was talking to them about this year, and um, and uh, Roger Norman, and you know the guys, they're all great, but they, you know, I get it, they're super busy, and they didn't have time to talk about it. Um, but basically what they want is they want five solid entries to create a class. And, um, I, I just don't see why, uh, the problem is, is getting five guys to say, yes, we'll absolutely do this. We're, we're going to, here, here's my money, you know, without it, there being a class in the first place is unrealistic in my opinion. Um, if they created the class, then I would almost guarantee you we would have five entries. Um, I, I myself, uh, would be interested. Uh, I know Bill Casey, uh, TPC, they're interested. Uh, I know Kevin Adcock, his team, 
Um, they're interested. So there's three sold right there. Uh, another buddy of mine from uh, Texas, Chris, uh, uh, he most likely would put together a team with a 250R. Uh, and then Stevie, uh, Steve Wright, uh, he's talking about doing it too. And so, I mean, there's five right there, but nobody's going to commit 100% without score just saying, hey, here's like, give us the class, I'll give you the entries. You can't ask me the entries before those class. They're, anyways, so I'm going to work on it some more. Uh, I figured after the first of the year, when everything cools down, scores, you know, got a little more time, I can talk to Roger Norman. Uh, and luckily, I have a really good contact, and, and uh, I should be able to um, hopefully have him see what I believe is uh, what needs to happen. Do you think that there's going to be any blowback from um, any of the series letting you race because of the latest uh, involvement with the consumer protection agency getting involved again with the three-wheeler production supposedly do you, do you think that's going to affect uh the ability to keep racing three-wheelers i don't i don't at all um they don't have the right to tell us that we can or can't race um and they also don't have the right to stop us from making parts that's the cool thing um what they do they really don't have the right to tell us anything but but they they are basically demanding that nobody builds new machines for sale. Um, I don't do that. Uh, TPC doesn't do that. Uh, nobody I know does that except for the, you know, the, the other company down in Arizona. Uh, they were doing that, but they've stopped. Um, but they can't stop us from making parts. So I can still build everything I build for these and we can sell them and they're for competition use only. And that's the key. Uh, Bill, Bill Casey, uh, is, is done a ton of research on this stuff. Very smart guy. Uh, he, um, you know, as long as you put on there for competition use only, you know, then, uh, then you're kind of covered. Um, so, but you still can't build machines and sell them. So, but as far as racing goes, no, it's not going to affect it. Um, we'll still be fine. And I think there's still going to be plenty. It's going to slow guys down because you were, you had a lot more guys that were building stuff. And now they're they're kind of backing off, and so uh, it's going to slow people down on builds. But you know, more people are going to have to do either garage builds or get a hold of you know. There's plenty of guys out there that are building parts. Um, some smart guys out there, and uh, you know, depending on what platform you want, you, you can still build them and race them. What's the top speed on your machine? Top speed. Um, <laughs> You, that's secret to knowledge right there. <laughs> um, so we hit uh, with the YZ platform. This is not a YZ. Uh, with the YZ platform, we hit 84.4 miles an hour based Reno on one of the, and it only captures a moment every seven minutes. So we could have went way faster than that, but we hit 84.4 miles an hour um, and it was never opened up fully. Uh, and that was Vegas Reno. This is a different platform and it has about a 15 mile an hour faster top speed. Uh, so I think we're well, in, well into the triple digits with this one. How, <laughs> how um, comfortable do you think that you'll be at that speed? Um, I've, taken, I've taken this one up uh, I've taken this one up to real close to triple digits. 
Um, and I was comfortable enough on it that, that, uh, um, it, it felt good. It felt good. And, and I would do it. I would do it in certain instances, uh, like Vegas Torino, there's some straight stretches where, uh, it's just smooth as a highway as fast as you, fast as you're comfortable going. Uh, this one here, um, I, the point wasn't to do triple digits. I mean, the point was to, to increase my cruising speed. So the one thing that, uh, you know, like 2022, um, at my cruising speed, I was three, four, five miles an hour faster than all the other trikes. But that was my cruising speed. That wasn't my max speed. Uh, and so, and there's some new bikes being built for Vegas Torino and stuff specifically. They're coming for me. And I knew that they had higher top speeds. Uh, and so I wanted to increase, you know, I had that. I had that buffer, but it was going to go away if I didn't do something. So I built this machine and it's got another 10 or 15 miles an hour over the top of that old one. Uh, so basically my cruising speed, I can cruise uh, close to 90 miles an hour on this thing. It's, it's pretty absurd. It is. Yeah. When I got to ride it, I didn't get anywhere close to that. So yeah. how well the area that we rode it was was kind of uh, more of a tighter technical with no super long straightaways. Um, that was a good one, test course. One of the things that I, I wanted to ask you is I know I got to ride uh, Ham's bike and your bike back to back, actually. Um, did you get to ride his machine? I did. I did. So for me, I was very surprised. You have two totally different builders with two totally different brands. And I was amazed at how similar they were. They're very similar. Uh, I would say that, uh, and, and in TPC's defense, by the way, that David Ham's machine that you rode, that is a MX track, you know, a little bit of desert, but that's more of a track, you know, work series type bike. So it's built completely different than their desert bike, like the D, the TBC desert bike. Uh, their desert bike is, you know, they're they're a little bigger, they're a little heavier, you know, beefed up a bit uh, for you know hitting those rocks and stuff at speed. So it is a little bit different machine. Uh, but that being said, I think that the David Ham's machine, personal machine, is closer to what this, you know, what my YZ was. It's a little bit shorter wheelbase and. Um, uh, it felt to me like it's a great machine. Holy cow, that thing is fun. I would love to ride that thing in the dunes. Uh, but it felt to me like it was like every time you get on the throttle, I mean, they make, the thing makes crazy power. Uh, and every time you got on the throttle, it just the front end would come up. Um, and I found that, and it's typical of a three-wheeler anyways, uh, but I've done a lot to mitigate that problem on my machine personally. Um, we, we tucked the front wheel uh, back with the negative brake clamps that I helped design. Uh, and then we, uh, I built an inch and a quarter longer swing arm uh, and that just moved all the weight forward. Uh, and it, uh, it really helped keep the front end planted on mine. So yeah, they're, they're totally different, but they are, I was actually surprised how similar they really were. They felt you could, you could jump on either one. His had more of a classic feel to it. Uh, kind of a, a more traditional three-wheeler. Um, which, you know, depending on what you like, if that's what you're used to, that's what you're going to like. I personally like this one because of the seat height versus the foot peg height. It's really a dirt bike. 
And so your legs aren't super bent. Um, and so it's just easier to stand up and it's just a, I don't know, it's more confidence inspiring position in my opinion. You know, I, I, I can't get, I didn't spend enough time on there to get real deep into those kind of details. One of the things that, because I'm a front breaker, I noticed that both machines, uh, seemed a little soft in the front in the front right on the top of the suspension where you touch that brake they seem to want to just dip you know yeah. we talked about it when we were out there and yeah. it's not something that that you and dave really noticed or felt was an issue it was just yeah. something in that environment where i was used to using more front brake that yeah that's why i noticed it yeah it it uh they do dive a bit um and it could i mean maybe a stiffer spring rate would be okay but i mean i'm not having problems bottoming out now um and i mean i kind of like it though you come into a corner one thing you know one thing this uses the dirt bike front brake and so it's way bigger than a three-wheeler front brake and it's got a much smaller tire so you're using the dirt bike size brake uh, you know, for a wheel this big and you're using a wheel, a tire that big. And so, um, I've never ridden a machine where you could be, I mean, you could do 80 miles an hour down the asphalt and grab that front brake and it will absolutely lock that front tire up. Uh, and so something to get used to, but I kind of like it when you come into a corner, I use the front brake a lot. I'll come into the corner. I slide forward, like, just like riding a dirt bike. Uh, and that's where it's a little different than the traditional three-wheelers. I slide forward on the seat, I grab the brake, and I come in just, just like I'm riding a dirt bike, almost like you can throw a leg out. And when you do that, the front end dives, and it grabs, and it just freaking, it's like it's on rails. So. that That's definitely a technique for riding a three-wheeler that you would have to get used to. With the technology, I think, that you guys have come up with in your three-wheeler design, um, allows for that because riding the conventional 250r you're not you're not doing that on a 250r yeah you can't you can't move up i can't do that on my honda either you know my 350x because you just can't move up i mean the seat comes up at a big abrupt you know you're kind of in a saddle and that's just where you're at um the one thing that i'll say about the vintage ones uh and maybe the tpcs too i didn't get enough time on it but um you can you can really get off there. There's those classic pictures of Steve Wright and all these guys and Mickey Dunlop where they're really hanging it out there and they're off the seat. Um, and you can do that on the classic ones. Um, it's a little harder to do, believe it or not, on this one. Um, but I don't find myself needing to do that. Um, this thing, it just, I don't know if you noticed, but like uh, it's, it's very, very stable. And in fact, and I'm not trying to give TPC a hard time, but the TPC felt like, I don't know if it's the rake angle or what, but it felt like it was a little tippy. You come into a corner and it kind of wanted it, and mine doesn't do that. And maybe it's just because I'm used to mine. I don't know. Uh, but uh, yeah, they're two totally different machines, but they're similar in a lot of ways too. I didn't notice um, that as much as it being tippy as it didn't seem to. Um, it wasn't a drifter. Yeah, you know, I don't think either one of the, the the either one of the modern day machines. They're more of drive through the turns. 
instead of drift through the turns. Yeah, they're the old classic, you know, 250R, 350X steering with the rear, you know, drifting in that. Um, uh, you, you don't find yourself doing as much on the modern machines for sure. So, but I think that I still think they're faster uh, in the corners, even still. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue that point at all because I think overall the machine is uh, more structurally sound and more rideable rideability sound as well. Where yeah. you can take a lesser skilled person, put them on a three wheeler, and as long as they don't put their foot down, they're they're not going to have um, uh, any trouble riding it. Oh, uh, because, because they're they're so much more stable. I think that. If you were, if they were going to ever go back into production, yeah. you want to take these aftermarket machines like this um, that you and uh, TPC are making, and, and mold it more after that style. Um, the, there's a couple other versions out there that I've seen that I don't necessarily think that we should go that route because I just don't feel that um, they're they're building three wheelers for a, a recreational um, environment where somebody just wants to ride a three wheeler. It's not that they want a three wheeler that's going to give them a performance ride. If you understand Absolutely. what I'm saying. Absolutely. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind, uh, you know, and I know there's, there's probably gonna be a lot of guys get upset at this, this statement, but uh, I'm not proving me wrong. Okay? I'm, I'm calling you out right now, but TPCs and what I built here, uh, I think these are the, the these are the two baddest desert racing thrillers ever made. Um, and you know, and vintage guys are going to get all upset at that. Listen, I have fifteen vintage thrillers out here. I've got to, I, I just sold my Takati. I've got a two fifty R. I've got you know all kinds of stuff, three fifty Xs and, and everything else. And I've ridden them. I've grown up on them. They're great machines. I love them. You know, and in the end, I'm still going to have my 350X. This one might go away. Who knows? I'll have my 350X. But uh, you just, it's 40 years of technology. It's a huge leap forward uh, with these machines. And I think that, uh, I think, like I said, I think TPC, what I'm building here, they're the two fattest things out there. So let's say I have a bag of cash. Would I be able to come and buy that machine from you if I wanted to put it into my collection and, and, be able to yeah. use it for uh, what I chose. Would would that be something? No, you're not selling it as a business, but you're just selling it because you're moving on to a different platform. Uh, are you? Uh, yeah, I mean, at some point, uh, we're still. You know, this one's still brand new. Uh, I have not cleaned it, by the way. It, it looks dirty here because it's got a thousand race miles on it right now, uh, and I haven't cleaned it, um, and I haven't gone through it. But we're getting ready to. Getting ready to do some stuff with this, uh, you guys will see. But this one's new. But yeah, I would turn loose of it after a certain amount of time. Um, this one here, you know, that's a question that I get asked uh, pretty regularly. Like, um, uh, if you were going to buy this one, it would you would have to weigh the money. It, it would don't even waste your time counting it out. Let's just go by weight. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I get asked all the time, like, what does this cost to build? Um, and I'll tell you right now, you know, and these guys, you know, you look on off-road modern trikes or some of these other pages and, you know, guys post them up for 10, 12 grand and people are laughing at it. And it's like, this one right here, there's over $30,000 in parts alone. 
and I have close to 900 hours of R&D. So at $100 an hour, add that up. That's what this bike cost me to build. Um, so, you know, I, I'm sure, I don't know if anybody's ever put that kind of money into one. I mean, the TPCs, that's a full frame and everything. So they've got that kind of money too, originally. Um, tied up in them. So, I mean, you're talking, I know it sounds totally insane, but you're, this is a $100,000 thriller. That's what this thriller cost me to build. Well, if you think about, you know, take the R&D time out of it, but if you just take the 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 regular professional level desert race quad is all over 30 grand. So oh, yeah. a professional race level three-wheeler is in yeah. the same price range because it's the same amount of man hours just because it doesn't have that other front wheel. It yeah. has other portions, in, you know, in that front front end design that take just as much time to work on. Oh, absolutely. Uh, this this machine now, now that we've gone through the R&D, obviously, if I was going to sell one, uh, if I was going to build one for somebody, we can legally do that uh, for competition use only. We just can't sell them. Uh, so if you brought me a dirt bike, I can convert it for you. Uh, you know, not that I'm in the business of doing that, but... Um, but you could, uh, now that we're past the R&D phase, I could build this machine for somebody else for far less, obviously. Uh, I could probably get something similar, maybe not totally the same, but something similar for 20, 25,000 um, if they wanted the absolute best desert racing career, in my opinion. So would you, would you build a different manufacturer? You know, like if somebody didn't want to do um a yamaha would you do a suzuki or a kawasaki so uh i would um the problem is we're back into that r d thing so uh you know i'm a I, everybody knows or i think most people know that i'm a honda guy i'm a i'm a diehard honda guy i used to be a purist uh, i'm not anymore and and what turned me off was the honda guys online that if it's not a honda it's nothing you know and that drove me nuts uh, and it really prevailed its ugly head when uh, I when I bought a Yamaha and I built that DT uh, originally. Uh, there was a lot of I, I couldn't believe I actually lost followers. People were sending me hate mail and stuff for building Yamaha. It was really weird. And uh, so you know, so now I'm like, okay, well, I'll just talk trash about the Honda guys uh, and the Hondas and stuff, even though I'm a Honda guy. So uh, you know, I'll talk crap about any of them. But anyways. I don't know. For if somebody wanted one, I would try to talk them into the most, uh, you know, talk, try to talk them into a build that makes the most sense. So if you are a diehard Honda guy, you just can't do this Yamaha. I get it. Um, that's fine. Um, and uh, here's what I'm going to say: is I'm going to say build a TPC, uh, build a TPC, or build a Reds Hypertrike uh, if you want a Honda. Um, the Honda platform dirt bikes, here's what I will say. If you want to take your Honda, your CRF 450, 250, whatever, don't do it. Just don't do it. it that is, I'm sorry, guys. It is the worst platform you could start with for a conversion bike. Um, start with a quad and do it right, like TPC and, and Red Cybertruck does, Luke Peterson. Uh, and so if you want a Honda, build that. Um, you know, Damien built a Kawasaki while back at 450. Uh, there was a lot of things to overcome. The steering angle, the steering stops, the radiators were too forward and too high. 
Um, so it really limited your steering. You have to move your radiators back. It was just a lot of work. And the biggest problem that I see on the motorcycle conversions is the shock in the back is totally located wrong on all of the other brands. And it, it just is what it is. It's not a big deal. It's not a flaw. It's just for conversions, the Yamaha is the easiest, simplest thing to do. Um, and these 450s, I mean, they're no joke. They're, they're powerhouses, you know. 06 to 09 uh, is what you would want to start with on a um, on a YZ, or you could use a WR, which would be 07 to 11. And those are the best years to use because of the geometry with the rear shock and everything. And putting converting and putting all the quad stuff on it is really simple. Um, and it works really well. The geometry is almost dead perfect on them. Why would you not want to go to the new fuel injection style engine um, that makes more power? And with fuel injection would be ultimately easier, uh, easier to tune. So, yeah. And, and that's where we're at. Um, you know, this one's brand new, but let's, let's face it. It's still an old bike. Um, and so what I started with, uh, was, is old, you know, in today's standard. Uh, and so, yeah, it's carbureted. <laughs> the thing I like about carburetion is it's just reliable. You don't have the fuel pump to fail. You don't have injectors to fail. Um, you don't have, you know, all of your map tuning and your computers and all your, you don't have all that stuff. So it's really reliable. And um, the problem is, is you're jetting, you know, when you change, you know, from one race to the next, you're changing jets. Or at least we do, because we go, we race anywhere from Baja uh, up to 8,000 feet up here. And so you can't run the same jets. You got to change them. Um, and so there's a little bit of tuning where the fuel injection now is nice because now there's no tuning. We can run from Baja to 8,000 feet and never change a thing. And the computer knows what to do, um, you know, and uh, it can it can uh, adjust fuel accordingly. So that's really nice. Um, the newer machines are making more power, um, let's face it. And the fuel injection's nice. The electric start's nice. So, you know, the, the only way forward for modern machines, in my opinion, is we have to start building modern machines. Um, and the only there's some out there that are done really bad. We'll talk about that company, but the, there is going to be a new machine <laughs> coming up here soon uh, that you probably know about uh, that's fuel injected and it's they're They're coming for me. I know they are. So at some point I'm probably going to have to step up and build a new machine myself. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how the development goes over the next, over the next year. Absolutely. You know, I mean, let's get let, let's get a little more detailed into some of the things that you got to experience when you were racing uh, the Yamaha uh, this year. Um, I know being that it was new, um, how much test pre-test time did you get on it before you took it to the starting line? Um, so the first race we did this year was uh what was it uh was it laughlin um was it laughlin i can't remember uh i think it was i think it was uh yeah i want to say it was laughlin um about probably three months three five five miles maybe six miles of testing <laughs> so um it was uh, it was kind of like get it together, and you know, 
it was based on the same platform as the previous bike. And so a lot of it I knew would just work already. I knew the front end would work and everything, um, the frame and everything. I knew all that would be good. Um, we already developed the swing arm and the subframe and all that. So um, it was it was basically kind of the same platform. So I wasn't too worried. Uh, and I'm, I'm kind of famous for for uh, slamming these things together and throwing the truck and go down and go to a race. Uh, but I'm so methodical and so meticulous about how I do these things. I mean, a lot of guys, they'll just get on here and they build and they just grab a wrench and start tightening things. And I, I'm a little ridiculous. I actually go through and get all the torque specs and I torque every single bolt, all of my, you know, I mean, everything, everything gets torqued to the factory spec, uh, lock tighted, wire tied, you know, aircraft wire tied, uh, everything. And then double, du double, triple check. So yeah, I didn't have a lot of time on it. Um, and uh, we went out and, and we did good. The bike, it was kind of interesting because it was geared completely wrong. Um, I had it geared. I don't know how fast. If it had the power to do it, you know, which it didn't. Uh, if it had the power to do it, I don't know what the gearing was, but it was geared to the moon. I mean, it, if I had another forty horsepower, I'd probably do one hundred and forty mile an hour. It was it was ridiculous. <laughs> so, so it was it, it, you. You could get into fourth gear pretty solidly, but you were flying. I mean, absolutely flying, and you couldn't even put it in fifth hardly. Uh, and, and I did though, I got it in fifth, uh, for the road crossing at, uh, um, at Laughlin there and caught some air and stuff. And, and fortunately, I don't think anybody got any pictures or video or anything, but, uh, uh, it was geared way too high. So I drove that night, got done with the race. I looked all over, uh, oh, cause I smashed the front rotor. I looked all over for the, for a brake rotor and Bullhead City, Laughlin, all the areas around there, um, and nobody had a rotor. So I ended up driving to Vegas, or I found a rotor, but it was the wrong one. I made it fit, still on there. Uh, and then I drove to Vegas uh, and got a 13-tooth front sprocket and uh, went back and put that on. And then that allowed me to get into fifth gear, and that's the same gearing I'm running now. Um, in fact, same chain, same sprockets, everything. I haven't changed anything. That chain's got that chain probably has 1,500 miles on it of race miles. Yeah, that's a little over. That's a little over done. It was, yeah, it was done two races ago. And I thought, you know, it was funny because I, I looked at it and went, that's, it's not real bad. I stretched it, you know, it's all, it's all it is, just stretch. And uh, I thought, oh, what the heck, I'm going to run it, Chant, you know, just chance it. Uh, I normally don't do that, but I did anyway and I got lucky. So what do you, what do you have planned for 2024 with this machine? Uh, I think there's a pretty big clue behind me. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, I'd like to hear you. Yeah. Say. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. We're, we, uh, we are super, super excited. Uh, we are finally doing something Baja with my team, Goop Tech Racing, uh, and my good friend, Julian Hofert. Uh, who you've had on a few times. Uh, Julian is a really close friend of mine. And uh, and yeah, we, as of uh, tonight, uh, we are actually entering the Nora 1000 for 2024. Any, any of the other desert stuff that's going on in Nevada that you're going to run? So I spent so much time this year with, with Bora and with Best in the Desert. I'm missing three of my trophies, by the way. 
uh, not to call you out, but uh, <laughs> I have my poor ones. They're all there. Uh, it's, uh, uh, I spent so much time away from family and in uh, in my new business that uh, I just I, I made a decision. And I know it's funny because you make this decision, they're like, uh, next year comes, it's like, oh, we could do this. You could do it anyway. But my plan is honestly not to run. Um, I'm not doing any seasons. That's for sure. Uh, Vegas Torino. Um, obviously, we've got to do that. This machine has yet to has yet to do that. Uh, so Vegas Torino, um, and we have a local GP race that we're going to be doing here too. Uh, it is May fifteenth. It hasn't been announced yet, so I can't say what it is. But it's a GP race local here in Reno. Uh, and I'm building my 250R for that. Well, so, so you're going to run three three items. What what is your new business, if if you don't mind me asking? Uh, so we have a uh, we have a um, mechanic business for semi trucks and equipment and whatnot. So okay. I spend a lot of time uh, doing tires and brakes and stuff like that and undercarriage stuff on semi-trucks and engine repair too um so i've always done uh some sort of mechanic mechanicing or mining um and of course in the mining they always wanted me to be a mechanic and i never would uh so we got to work on mine equipment but uh but yeah i just uh uh we work on semi-trucks so it's kind of kind of interesting because it's not uh not what i'm into but it's just something i know Paying the bills is paying the bills, right? Pays the bills, and uh, you know it's a good business to be in in my area, and uh, and yeah. So we're looking. Hopefully, we're looking to get a couple guys hired um, here, uh, maybe by springtime, and, and get them into some trucks. Uh, I got a couple service trucks I'm putting together, and and uh, if I can get those guys in there, uh, then uh, we'll be looking at doing a whole lot more racing. Nice. If one of the other teams calls you up. And ask you to come out and ride on their team for the specific series races, you know, as a helper for these events. Are you opposed to that or or is it you're only going to run those three events and that's it? It's a Honda. I won't ride it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but uh, uh, yeah, I would ride with somebody. Um, in fact, uh, I and this is going to come to comes a shock to some people, but uh, I don't really care. Um, I actually offered to ride on TPC's team uh, with the race that they're thinking about. That's as much as I'll disclose. All right. <laughs> so, but yeah, I would, I would, uh, I would jump on uh, another team and help them out, and uh, if I need to, absolutely. I'm friends with most of these guys anyway. You know, Dave Ham's a good friend. And, and, uh, you know, Wiley and I mean, all these guys, they're all, they're all good people. So that, that brings me to, um, a sensitive style question because originally when you and I, um, started speaking, um, yes. there was, uh, it was after you had ridden the 350X in Vegas Torino and there was some friction in the West coast three-wheeler crowd, um, what I'm feeling when I'm around you guys yeah. is that it's turned into more of a uh, a friendship amongst all of you. Absolutely, yeah. It's it, it's pretty cool. Um, you know, David Ham after Vegas Torino was so awesome. 
he drove all the way up to Reno, didn't need to, drove all the way up to Reno just to congratulate me and went to the word ceremony. And that meant a lot. Um, and so, I mean, I, I can't say enough about David Ham. He's just a great guy. Um, and all those guys, Sammy and, and uh, uh, Dave Wiley and, and uh, you know, all those guys are just great guys. I haven't had a chance. Funny, I haven't had a chance yet to meet Bill Casey. I've talked to him a ton. I've talked to him all the time, uh, but I haven't had a chance to meet him. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, in racing, you're out there to beat the other guys, right? And so it kind of felt good. And Bill Casey's going to be watching this. I know he does. He watches everything, like, as far as thriller goes. Uh, but, and, and I think I've told Bill Casey this story, but it may not be, I may not, uh, I may have not, but if, uh, if you haven't heard this Bill Casey, this one's for you. Uh, so on three wheeler world, so I'm going back now, 2010, 11, something like that, three wheeler world. Uh, I, uh, and also race desert. I announced that I wanted to desert race my 350X clear back then. And I had done it years before that too, but I went on there on three of the world and I talked about, I was going to desert race my thriller and Bill Casey messaged me and asked me, Hey, do you know of any associations that are allowing thrillers? Uh, and at that time there wasn't. And so I was, you know, trying back then to do it. And I was talking to, to best in desert and whatnot. And anyways, uh, and so he, we started talking a little bit. And so I sent him some pictures and I had some pictures of jumps and stuff that I was doing in this snap. And he's like, that ain't crap. He's like, your machine sucks. Uh, he's like, check this out. And he sent me pictures of his TPCs. Like, I don't know who the writer was, but the guy's doing knack knacks and heel clickers and, and stuff over these big doubles and, and, uh, tabletops and whatnot. And I'm like, dang, that was the first time I saw a TPC. And I was like, holy cow. But he was like, tell me my machine was junk and everything. And I'm like, I'm like, man, that's kind of rude, you know? So I'll be honest with you. When I beat TPC in, in Vegas to rail, I was, I was so happy. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, there you go, Bill. That's what you get. Uh, but, uh, but you know, it's funny because I didn't know those guys. And it turns out they're just all great. And uh, Luke Peterson, you know, all those guys, Kevin Adcock, um, everybody that's come out and race. Uh, you know, even Kevin Adcock, he called me out uh, after Vegas to Reno in 2021. He's like, he's like, I don't care what it takes. He's like, I will beat you. I'll, I'll risk my life to beat you, this and that. And, uh, you know, and it's funny, he came out and uh, his team, his team beat me in 20, 2022. I ended up breaking down on the, on the other machine. And, uh, and, but yeah, we subsequently we became friends and, and we get closer and closer, you know, and that's what we're trying to do is just drive out that negativity. Uh, you know, the, the drama, I think all of us hate that crap. Well, isn't it to take something that, that is not mainstream anymore and yeah. it's kind of a fringe deal yep. to get more people involved, you need to make it more inviting and if there's any any infighting, it's not inviting. Oh yeah, yeah. You have to make it fun, and that's what that's what writing these things is about, right? We do it because it's fun. Um, if it wasn't fun, then what's the point? Uh, and so the you know the thing that I don't get is the purists that are like, oh, you know, the, the diehard Honda guys. I'm going to bring them up just because they seem to be the worst. Uh, but the diehard Honda guys is like, oh, I'm never ready. You know, it's funny because in amongst my group, at least, uh, we, we write a, a 
variety. I mean, uh, we got buddies that ride Kawasaki's and Yamaha's and Hondas, and, and uh, uh, we don't associate with Suzuki guys, but uh, <laughs> no, no, actually, uh, high flight seats, they do a lot of Suzuki stuff. They're good friends of mine. So, no, we love Suzuki's too, but uh, but we we all bag on each other back and forth. And I'll, I will talk trash about Yamaha's just as quick as I'll talk trash about Honda's. Uh, in, in fun, though, no drama, no, you know, no, uh, um, you know, no, not really giving a person a hard time. You know, we might joke about it, but really, I mean, if you like a specific machine, run it, build it, and I'll help you. You know, these guys give me a call. I will answer every question I can answer. I'll try to point them in the right direction. If they want to build a Yamaha, this is the platform. If they want to build a Honda, TPC or, or Reds. Um, and I just want to try and build people up and get them racing. Come out and come have fun with us, man. So if you're if you're full of drama, then, I mean, we can, you know, I don't want to go down that path. And I don't think anybody does. But uh, most of the time, you, you won't make it anyway. You know, those guys just, uh, they burn out and they're gone. And that's okay. Right, right. Well, we had a, a get together that where a bunch of us got together and and did the uh, um, story on the three wheelers and talked about the different ones and wrote them. I just think it was a great group of guys, and you know, for being competitors with one another, you would have never guessed it by the way you guys interacted with each other and. Yeah you know, the different builds and then, you know, the, the standard 250R guys versus the modern day guys versus the 350X guys. And, you know, it was just, it was a good group and everybody just wanted to ride three wheelers. They didn't care. You know, there's, I will say there is a big difference between that and race day. And I know you know this, but on race day, the switch is set on kill. I mean, you're when, when the green flag drops, David Ham's not my friend. <laughs> so, and I don't think I'm his friend and that's cool. Uh, you know, I would stop obviously if he had an issue or something like that, or if he had an accident or, you know, hell, he broke down. Of course I'm going to help him. He's my friend. Uh, but when, when it comes to the competitive side of it, when the green flag drops, I know all these guys can say, I when TPC is out there, they're out there to beat me. I guarantee it. And I'm out there to beat them. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like, I don't know how to explain it, like friendly war or something. Wow. That's that it's just typical com- competition. You know, you go to the starting line with your buddy. I want to beat my buddy. You know, yeah. when the yeah. race is over, we'll be buddies. But during the race, sorry, we're not buddies. Yeah. Yeah. We can not- be friends after the race. <laughs> right. You know, bragging rights are everything. Yeah. Yeah. So, and and knowing me wrong, like, you know, what I've done is uh, I'll go out and, you know, like 2022, I had that DNF. And what I did was I chased uh, TPC and I chased uh, Luke Peterson's team. You know, I got friends on all those teams. All those guys are my friends. And so I chased those teams up and I helped in any way I could because I just want to see them get to the finish line, you know. So, and it's it's pretty cool because Luke Peterson won 2022, David Ham won in 23, you know, I won in 21. So it's like, you know, and it's in it, we've all got our fair shake, uh, you know, and, and uh, David Ham, David Ham's team, they put on a, a heck of a race this year. Uh, they, you know, they're the only three wheeler that's run all three years. And uh, so that's pretty deserving of them to, to win. 
that's that's great that you say that and and uh you know are excited for those guys i know that you did uh some chase work and we're out there working with the different teams you called me during vegas torino and gave me some updates which i greatly appreciated um, yeah absolutely that's, that's what it's about and support each other and have fun and, and uh you know there's no reason we can't be friends and still talk trash to each other right the good razzing is everything absolutely oh i can't i catch plenty riding yamaha <laughs> I'm sure. Rangel, I want to thank you so much for taking some time with us here at ATV Talk and give us an update on your uh, 2023 season. And um, again, uh, for allowing me to ride your machine when we were out in the desert and trusting me with your baby. She she uh, definitely is worth the ride. Absolutely. Just for anybody that's listening to this, if you're thinking about a three-wheeler or you're thinking about uh, the modern day stuff, getting a hold of Wrangle or getting a hold of TPC or David Ham or any of these guys, David Wiley, it, that's the thing to do because they're the leaders of the group on the West Coast that I know of. Um, there are some East Coast people that that you can get a hold of. Absolutely. I apologize for not having their contact information, but uh, it, yeah. it, for some reason, it's a little harder to get uh, get in touch with them. Um, I don't know why that is, but it is, but yeah, sometimes, yeah. Get, get a hold of me, uh, goop tech, uh, G O B T E C H underscore racing. Um, and, uh, you know, or David Ham or TC, any of these guys will, will, uh, definitely help you out and try to get you guys going. Cause we want as many people going as possible. So. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I, yeah, I had a lot of fun with you, uh, a few weeks ago also doing that ride and everything that was, uh, that's pretty cool because, uh, you know, you and your brother are, you know, when I was younger, I idolized, idolized you guys and uh, you guys were heroes to me. So, uh, to, for me to go out in the desert and have you ride my machine, it was like, man, I never, I never would have imagined that happening. So it was pretty, pretty dang cool. Well, your machine was way better than the rider. Let me just put it to you that way. <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> so. Trust me, brother. Trust me. I, uh, I know because, um, I was not up to par. Um, those machines were, were really nice and, um, nothing like the three wheelers that I used to race. Um, and granted for what we built back then for three wheelers, I thought that we were, you know, leading the way and, and you guys have taken it to the next level a couple different times. And um, I really hope that the enthusiast can get together and get behind the, the, the modern day build like this and, um, and give them the, the, the just do that they deserve because there's a lot of work there and being a builder myself, I see it. And um, I really appreciated it. You, you, you guys did a great job. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. So, and you, man, when we were out there though, uh, and you were ripping, uh, I, would, I don't know whose machine I chased you a couple times. Uh, I know I chased you on a 250R, uh, Paul from Paul builds 250R. Uh, and I think I chased you. I didn't chase you on the TPC. I might've chased you on Julian's 250R also or something. I was writing something else. Maybe, uh, maybe the Banshee. I can't remember. Anyways, I was chasing it. You were ripping hard, man. I was impressed. I was like, holy cow. I was eating your dirt. <laughs> well, I mean, I had to, I felt I had to give everything 
the the ride to my level that I felt comfortable with. Um, I rode a couple of the machines and I felt very, very uncomfortable with them. So I couldn't ride them as hard. Um, yeah. I almost felt almost felt that it was me that wasn't up to par until I got on the modern day machines and we're like, oh wow, that this is what it's supposed to feel like. Yeah. Uh, they are better. <laughs> they they are. I mean, nothing against Paul's bike. Um, it no. felt small and tight comparative to the big four strokes that um just and and you know just that's something I'm gonna, yeah, I'll agree with you 100 percent Uh and that's something we should, probably should have touched on just for, for a split second. But if you're a smaller guy, like if you're if you're under 5'10, I would say, and you're lighter weight, you know, if you're uh you know 150 140 pounds you know this bike might be too much for you um it's 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 wider it's longer the tpcr is too it's funny is you look at the rake angle and the width and the length and everything they are so similar on the tpc and my bike here and it's funny because we never measured back and forth i never do you're not going to call bill casey and say hey what what's the measurement on your bike he ain't going to tell you uh so but it's funny because we both came to similar conclusions but but the the vintage bikes are smaller. The bars are closer. The seats lower, and so for a smaller guy, he may not like this at all. He might say that works for him, and I I I can see that. So if you're a smaller guy, you might want a vintage machine. Um, you know, I'm six one, and David Ham, I think he's six one or six two. We're all two hundred pounds. Uh, you he's know, plus all of us. He's got to be taller than that. He might. Yeah, he might be. I know he's he's six two plus. But uh, he's a big guy, you know, and, and most of these guys are big. And we don't, we get on these 350Xs and we're, you know, we're riding, we feel like we're like that, you know, it's just, they're terrible. And this thing, you sit on it and you're just relaxed. You can, you know, you can, you can sit on it. But, you know, I don't, it may not work. I don't know if a smaller guy would say it's too much because there's yeah. things that they could do to modify it to fit them. Um, with yeah, different sure. different bar selection, you know, so on and so so forth. Um, yeah. But the bigger guy getting on a 250R, yeah, you're going to struggle to fit that to a six one six two. I know there were guys that that were that tall that raced them before, yep. without the same options that we have today. Oh yeah, yeah, um, Mike Paul. Mike, no offense to Paul, he's a smaller guy, um, yeah. and it works for him and it fits him. And yeah, beautiful machine. Yeah, I think that he just it, it just it, it sets it up for him. I got to ride his machine, and I got to ride the three fifty X. The three fifty X being a little bigger, yeah. um, being much more plus, not as harsh. You know, yeah. the two R was a little harsh. Uh, maybe maybe because you go from a 150, 160 pound guy to 200 plus, you know, 220 plus guy riding it makes a huge difference, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and they all have their place too. This is a dedicated desert racer, so you're not going to take this machine uh, and go put it on an MX track. Uh, it's going to be heavy. It's going to be a little top heavy, probably. Uh, you know, and so you would want to lower it and we could do that. We could knock some weight out of it. I could take about 30 pounds out of this thing. Uh, we could lower it down and make it set it up better for track. But if you were going to compare this to Paul's bike for say an MX race, I'd probably rather be on the 250R, um, or especially like a circle track or TT or anything like that. 
Um, so they all have their place. Um, this one specifically, all I care about is desert racing. So it's like a lot of suspension, lots of ground clearance, lots of power. <laughs> so, you know, so they, they're all, they're all specifically built for, you know, rider and or what they're doing. And that's, that's kind of what we were getting at, which is great that, that it's a specific design. Uh, yeah. You know, when you build your four wheelers, you're doing the same thing, whether you're building a motocross version or you're building a, a desert version They're they're they have their pluses, minuses, you know, weight, less weight, more weight, whatever it is, you know, skid yes. plates, no skid plates. So, you know, I get all, I get that. And I think the consumer or the people that are going to buy them also get that. But uh, again, if you're going to get into three wheelers, definitely reach out to these people that are building these modern day trikes because um, they're a lot of fun. They really are. I, I mean, and I have ridden a three wheeler and, especially a three-wheeler like in that environment in probably 30 years and yeah unfortunately i would say i would add to that uh you know there's a there's a lot of really bad modern three-wheelers out there um i mean a lot and if you've ridden one of those bad ones there's a unfortunately there's this uh feeling that all modern trikes are terrible because they go to right we won't say but you know, and so there's, there's yeah, the, there's very few that are built right. And when you get on one that's built right, like a TPC or Red Cyber Trike or mine, uh, and you see the difference, that's when you're going to go, okay, yeah, there is something here. But it just takes, you know, we've done the work. Bill, Bill builds entire frame like he builds, you know, ground up machines. I, you know, I've put tons of R&D into this thing to correct all the things that people don't like about them. Um, and to make them work right, because we need it to work right for racing. You know, we're out there, you know, it's no joke to be clipping along down a dirt road that's, you know, Jeep wide, 80 miles an hour. So it better be set up right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Again, Rangel, I really appreciate um, the time that you spend with us and coming on the show. I look forward to having you on again. And, you know, we'll have to get together and do another three-wheeler ride maybe with a couple different version machines and um get some more guys there with different builds and and try them all out maybe i can bring 350x out next time oh well i'd love for you to um because i get to ride dave wiley's you know riding yours would be be, uh you know make me happy and i know that there's four or five other guys that we wanted to have come out you know mike co would would uh if we would have gave him more notice, he would have showed up. Jimmy White might have showed up. Uh, I know Steve Wright uh, with around Baja. He couldn't, but he was really excited about it. And and that's how we got him on the show. Um, his episode will have already dropped uh, by the time this airs. But uh, uh, well, next next time we do that, I'll be I'll be calling Steve Wright every day. <laughs> Come on, man, let's go. <laughs> yeah, I, I think getting him out. And uh, getting him uh, to throw a leg over would be a lot of fun. Absolutely. Yep. Awesome, sir. I'll be looking forward to it. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. And it's always a great, great time. And and, uh, the pleasure is mine, my friend. All right, brother. You have a great night. And again, thank the family for letting me borrow you. Absolutely. The team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at atvtalkpodcast.com.
San Diego's Body Evolution and Wellness Center. With over 17 years experience, Dr. Heidi looking out after all your chiropractic needs and Coach PJ looking out after all your fitness needs. Visit our website, www.bodyevolution.org or call for an appointment, 619-987-8875. If you're in need of a consultation for your current racing program, a custom ATV, or an industry guest speaker, I have the company for you. Duncan Technologies International Inc. offers host, MC, and guest speaking services at events, builds custom ATVs for recreational riding or racing around the world, and they offer consulting services for professional teams or individual racers. Send inquiries to Duncan Tech International at gmail.com or call 619-716-1532 for more information. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, don't forget to share us with your family and friends. The podcast is available on all streaming platforms and you can find us on social media as ATV Talk Podcast. We're on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, Rumble, and Twitter. 